You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Welcome. This is episode 32 of Frame by Frame. Hello. That's Andy to my left, and I'm... Stephen yeah. to my left. <laughs> we haven't quite got that right, but oh, okay. that's okay. Yeah, because you're definitely Andy, I'm definitely Stephen. That's, that yes. part is right. That is, true. that is very right. Yeah, but because it's radio, let's not worry about where we're sitting adjacent to each other. Well, we're, we're sitting in like a round table, so technically... If I go to my left long enough, I'll end up. Yeah, meeting yeah. You. So technically, you yeah. Let, to, let, to you to my left and right. Let's say that this square table is a re- well, this rectangle table is actually a circle. Spoil the illusion. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful round table, and it's got got all these different place settings on it for different. Um, oh, knights! Well, that's good. Yeah, knights with a K. Yeah, not shalom alarms. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> We're at the Shalom Alam dining room. <laughs> you talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? I'm funny how. I'm funny. I'm Peter Vink. We all go a little mad sometimes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Welcome to Frame by Frame, episode 32. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Yeah. Again. Again. Yes. Yes. We're focusing in on on something different this time. Well, before we get to that, I think we should mention the sad passing of Christopher Lee. You're right. Yes. It's, It's still very fresh. Prolific actor. Yeah, he he managed to complete everything within the Lord of the Rings uh, world. Is that right? He was yeah, he yeah, was yeah, pretty much to the end. I'm doing that. pretty sure that the um, towards the end of filming the um, the Battle of the Five Armies, they had to come over to Britain to film his scenes because he was too weak to go to oh, New Zealand. Man. Yeah, but, but he, he he wouldn't want to stop. He would. Oh want no, to no, just... he wanted to complete it. And I think I'm pretty sure that people like even though he was weak, he was still. Still stronger than most. And, you yeah, know what I mean, mm. he seemed to have that stirred, didn't he? He had the stare, but he had that. You were just saying that he was. In, he never seems to be that weak of a man. He's always been a person who you'd look at and say that is a, a fine specimen of yeah. physical energy. We started acting out of coming out of the war, didn't he? He fought in the war. Yeah, he came out of the war and then went into acting. Yeah, but he's always physically fit. He was he, right up until Attack of the Clones. I think. Uh, well, George Lucas took his away his ability to uh, yeah. to actually fight practically, just replaced him with CGI. Yeah, but he would. He, man, yeah. he still wanted to do it. It's, he's always been his own 
presence. Nobody else has kind of taken it away from him. He's always so been what's Christopher his favourite Christopher Lee film? <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> Supergirl. I think I prefer Attack of the Clones. Yeah, um, I think my fa- I think I, I just I just mm. can't count how many vampire films I've seen him in. Yeah, and he it's, definitely it's did the, the best Hammer film. He's more about the era. He doesn't just you can't isolate Christopher Lee to one film. I don't. I just really love him in Wicker Man. Oh, so maybe I don't really say that that's not a Christopher Lee film, but yeah. I think my favorite film with Christopher Lee in it would be The Wicker Man, possibly. The Lord of the Rings, I've got a foul taste in my mouth with them now. I love Fellowship, and then I'm not too keen on the other two. That's the funny thing about the films. I mean, you you kind of watch them once, and then you kind of... You, the Fellowship you I can go back to and watch yeah. any time. Yeah, for some I reason, really it, it's a lot easier. It's a little bit more manageable film. It really just seems more Peter Jackson. The rest of them just started to get a little bit slapstick, and they're too bothered about... Nobody tosses a dwarf gags and things like that. As yeah, opposed to... yeah. It went on for too long. It was too long, too long. Yeah. Too well, long. the director's edit of Return of Kings like five hours long. Yeah. And one of those hours is ending. Yeah, multiple endings. Yeah. And... Well, Christopher Lee. <laughs> yeah. What a what a you know he's um he's done everything. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. He did uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> he did <weird> <laughs> no, He's no. done everything. Star Wars. I mean, let's have, let's have a quick look. He, he's got 278 acting credits. And I, I kind of feel as though that even right up until the end... Oh, he's in Hugo. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, Hugo. That was uh, a good one. He, I mean, he's done so many good things. If you're just going backwards in time, anything that jumps out... Corpse Bride. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, oh, Grey Fries, Bobby. My God. Oh, he was Scaramanga in... Um, uh, before oh, yeah. we get there, I just remembered he was, was Scaramanga. What was um, interesting about him, his character? He had a third nipple. He did. You cannot... You cannot uh, Nubbin. And I bet you he grew it himself. I bet you he didn't even have to have a prosthetic. Yeah, either that or he cut it off someone else and stuck it onto him. That was in the Young Indiana Jones um, Chronicles. So he's done the Indiana Jones? Yeah, he's tried tried it all. Gremlins 2, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. Return of the Musketeers, Around the World in 80 Days, Jocks, Howling 2. He's not afraid of of trying anything, though. I mean, it, it, nothing nothing phased him. There's the There's Wicker, the Wicker Man. Man. Satanic Rites of Dracula, right before it, Count Dracula. He's yeah. done a lot, but he's not only that, he's done albums. He's a, a heavy singer. metal... He's done metal albums, but apparently had a, like, a really good opera voice as well. When um, they were filming The Man with the Golden Gun, apparently Christopher Lee used to really piss off Roger Moore because he'd wake him up in the morning by singing like an aria. You know, and he'd wake up and think, oh, jeez, him again. And because um, he needed to get tanned to play Saramanga, he uh, would just walk around the island in the buff. And Roger Moore just couldn't handle it and hated him for it. And he's like, well, he's got to do what he's got to do. strange. Roger Moore does seem a little bit stiff. He played Sherlock Holmes as well. Of course he did, yeah. He's he's, he's done it all. I mean, I don't think well, this anybody... Is how, this is how much of a gent he was. Um, when, I forget the guy who's like the editor for Empire Magazine now, what his name is, but um, he got a phone call one day and he said, hi, can I speak to such a person? And he's like, oh, he's not in, sorry. Oh, right, can I speak to such a person, please? I'm sorry, he's not in. Can I help you? Everyone's on the dinner. What are you ringing me for? Oh, well, it's uh, 
it's Christopher Lee here, and I'd just like to see you got some information a little bit wrong in an article in Empire. I just wanted to see if you could correct it. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot to you. you know, I'm really sorry. Well, don't worry about it. So, you know, and apparently was such a gent to do such a thing, yeah. Nice. What was the, what, you know what the error was? No, I don't know. But you know what Christopher <laughs> Lee has never done? What's he never done? He's never been in a film with dinosaurs. Segway. True, true. And uh, <laughs> your segways have a very kind of a... Uh, loose appeal <laughs> to I won't hold it against you. What are we going to talk about then? If we if if we're talking about dinosaurs, what what comes to mind? Well, this... a, li- a little film just come out called Jurassic World. Yeah, with, yeah. Which we've had the the good fortune to watch. Welcome to Jurassic World. Our first genetically modified hybrid. You just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Oh, God. Evacuate the island. We have an asset out of containment. She is killing for sport. We are not in control here. You got 20,000 people with nowhere to go. So we went to um, we went to we saw it in um, glorious 2D. Yes. Okay. Can I kick off? <laughs> Is it that bad? <laughs> well, right. Here's okay. the thing, right? Right. So there's, tell me what, what do you plot think? holes big enough to stick a T-Rex through, right? Oh, nice, nice. Um, there's badly formed characters. They're yeah. not drawn out. In fact, some of the little side characters are more drawn out than the main characters are. I know where you're going with this. But it was just, it was just fun to watch, and exactly, yeah, and that's what I've taken from it. It was if I could just sw- leave my brain at the door, yeah. just have a big dumb popcorn summer blockbuster film. Yeah, it was great, fun. I'm with you on that, and it, it is. Um, and to be honest, you know, it's going to be a play on play of Jurassic Park. Yeah. How can they not do a play on play on Jurassic Park? That's a formula that, that's proven. It yeah. works. Um, it has everything in there that you come, you, you come to expect. Um, and that was one of, one of the main criticisms people have given the film is that it doesn't have the awe of the original Jurassic Park. It could never no, have the what, awe because once you've, what you've never when that first came out, yeah. no one had ever seen anything like it. Yeah. But now there's pretty much nothing you've never seen. I mean, what were they expecting to do? I mean, the, the idea of having the hybrid um, dinosaur was was kind of like the only way they could go. Yeah, you can't just have normal T Rex. You can't just. I mean, that, that's why in the Godzilla film they they had to throw in everything that they could mm. because they couldn't just have Godzilla and an army. You know, they couldn't just do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jurassic World. You've you've got to kind of hang your hat. Um, and and just say okay, I'm 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 just going with this. Just go with it, and you have a lot of fun. Yeah, there was ten minutes into the film, I was thinking, right, I get this. I'm not gonna. But, I, I know where I'm going. Okay, let's have 
Let's just enjoy it. A part of my fun was also picking it apart. <laughs> right, okay. And that's that's something else that I, I think that um, I, I didn't mind doing it to this film because it, it's it's fine. Yeah. It's, a, it's a dinosaur movie, what do you expect? But there are certain things that kind of stand out for me that make me think, well, they could have actually made it certain things different. Okay, can I start with one? Okay. Where Owen, that's Chris Pratt's character, is called Owen, yeah. isn't he? Where okay. he's shocked that they want him to train the Velociraptors for military reasons. I mean, why? Or what other reason would he be training them for? And why is he bothered by that? There's no because they're not used in the theme park at all. He's just training them, so it's clearly for military purpose. He's so, not naive enough to think that maybe they want to have like di- di- dinosaurs that can be like dolphins that can perform tricks, um, maybe or to, uh, maybe the idea of uh, the idea would a long be way off. <laughs> <laughs> the idea would would have been that, that eventually you know they'd be able to have a, a dinosaur petting zoo where the, you know where the wild is tamed, but they never went there. They wanted to have more teeth, but more violence, more splicing. The little nursery bit with kids riding baby triceratops was so good. That was actually originally for the very first Jurassic Park. Yeah. It was in some of the um, the, the uh, drawings and stuff, but they never got around to doing it. I think that's a really great idea. I, I mean, it's, it's cute. I mean, and they, they were able to kind of uh, think about that in the real world. People don't want to just go and stare at dinosaurs uh, over a fence or to to be on a, on a, a train looking out of the window. They want to be interacting because mm. that's the way we are. We're hands-on people. But that is the great little a great little talk, a statement of where we are as mm-hmm. a collective species now. Where we can see the most spectacular thing now, and we're not bowled over by it. We're bored by it. Now. We are. We are because yeah. Unless unless we can turn it into a pet. And own it, and then tell everybody that we've owned it. That's the only but thing. But then that, we get bored yeah, of it. We're still bored of it, yeah. but we're we're only the, the the one thing I noticed that nobody in this film was taking video or photographs mm. of anything. They actually were actually all just enjoying it yeah. um, with their hands to their sides. You know, nobody was was kind of saying, "Look, look at me! I've got I've got a dinosaur in this picture with me." That no, there was none of that stuff, which which is so prevalent in today's society. Everybody wants to be photographed with stuff. Yeah, and I think that I can imagine that that would be the thing where, where you know eventually you'd have your own dinosaur pets, and you'd be photographing them, putting them onto your social network. But none of that was here. They kind of kept all that away, as if none of that existed. Well, it does feel like it's left open for another film. Where. True. They could go one or two ways with it, I feel. One way could be that, that now you just have dinosaurs as pets and they're everyday things. And, like, you know, if you're in the Amazon, you don't go through on your own because something's going to eat you. And so we know that there's dinosaurs in that certain part, so don't go in on your own because you're going to get eaten. And it's just, like, part of today's society. Or it becomes, like, like the nuclear race where it was only one person was developing nuclear power. And now every nation can develop nuclear power. So maybe every nation, like if they want to further this franchise on, every nation has the capacity to clone and make their own dinosaurs. So everyone starts doing it. And then you've got these different coloured dinosaur wars. Who knows? There's so many ways. I mean, you could also go to the point where 
they have their wish they get rid of humanity and there's only so many hu- humans left mm. including uh, Max <laughs> yeah. it's just Mad Max with dinosaurs yeah. that kind of a, a theme not not him but just the idea yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. of a post-apocalyptic dinosaur movie I'm work- a, I'm, and having a having cities with dinosaurs in it. I'm I mean, work that, that pets. Weird, mm, bit of a um, Planet of the Apes kind of idea there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would be kind of weird if, if if they started to have dinosaurs that started to talk a little bit, Barney. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so many so many different ways they could go. But the thing is that what they're doing at the moment is they're trying and they're testing the audiences to see do they want the same. Or do they want to evolve and try new things? But there's, there's not, there isn't so many ways you can go about it. I'd like to see a film where, like you said about the Amazon being so dangerous that you could get eaten. Yeah. Simple story. One character's got to take one another character through there to get to an endpoint. We already have that film. It's called Monsters. Monsters. <laughs> or something they've got to take through, and, and, yeah. and you know that there's, but there's something more to it than that. But to actually have a, a linear thread in a movie is always good because you know what you know, or you always know what's going to be going on. You always know where you're going to go. It's a simple idea, but with this movie, all it's about is putting people in a situation and then letting the situation tell the story. Yeah, to let, it's it's. The dinosaurs are literally telling their own story, and they're just reacting to it. It's a reactionary movie. Mm. Twister was a reactionary movie, even though they were chased. They had a goal to chase tornadoes. The tornadoes basically dictated how things went. Yeah, yeah. And this is more brutal. There's more. There's a bigger body count in this film than there are in the other three combined. Well, yeah, because well, they they ended up having to do the whole aliens thing, yeah. where they send in the troops, and you think, well, you know, this is not going to go in very well. It'll go down well. Yeah. Um, but in in between all the carnage, though, yeah. there were some little funny bits. I don't know if you picked picked up on it. There was one where I thought it was not a pterodactyl. It wasn't a pterodactyl. It was like um, it was like a reptile with dinosaur head. I don't know what they called it. But it swooped down and tried to pick up a baby triceratops, and it was too it was too heavy to pick up. No, I never picked that. Yeah, so in picked up in, on in, that. in all in all this car deep throat some next generation. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yeah. Sorry, pop. sorry, sorry, guys. Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek's on, but not the Deep Throat that some people might be thinking. Oh yeah, the guy out of X Files. Yeah, not, not, well. not the woman who's gagging. <laughs> She's a bit of deep throating going on. Yeah, Star Trek. Never saw that. Missed that episode. Um, but yeah, yeah, there was that. There was another one where. Um, I can't remember what the creature was, but it was on like uh, a stuffed toy of a T Rex, like ripping it apart. And I thought little. Oh, and I see. I, I little, so little, much. In between all this carnage, little moments like that, I thought are nice. They're, yeah. they're good. I, f- yeah. I feel as though I need to go and watch it again because I missed all these little details. But I mean, it's a very full movie. There's yeah. a lot, lot, lot of stuff. There's going no, on. yeah, there's no fat needs trimming off. It's contained no. and everything's. Even no matter how many plot holes are in it, and how yeah, well, they, 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 so they cliched the characters. They are. designed the film in a way to kind of distract you yeah. from any plot holes, um, which are numerous. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can have a stab at a few things. Go for that, it. Okay, I, I'm, I, I like this movie, um, but I also find it very odd that um, this this woman who owns the, who kind of managing the park. She has two subordinates that she turns to in the comp- in the control room. Yeah, she does. She comes in the morning. She gets her report from these two people. 
that's it. There's a whole control room full of operatives doing their job. Obviously, they're the only two that she will ever go to. And everybody else is just, just you know, opening gates, closing gates, um, securing this, securing, pushing buttons, doing nothing. But she, she goes in and she doesn't address the whole... I mean, my sense of reality sometimes feels as though that... that that they don't need to have all these people in the control room. They just need, need these two people to sit there, crack jokes, to flirt with each other, to then kind of let each other down. But doesn't that go to the point of how jaded everyone is now? Yeah. Like, that would be a normal theme park, might be run like that, and then you just have the other people that run the specific... Uh, yeah. So you have two people who oversee everything, and then you just have a team of people that press go, and then when the roller coaster stops, they press stop. That's it. That's it. They, you know they're just I mean? keeping an eye on them, but but she she doesn't check in with any of them. It's uh, she's the worst boss. I kind of feel as though she's the worst but person. But she's to just work bothered for. about facts and figures. She was on about making profit. That's all. At, the, at least at the beginning, that's yeah. all she's bothered about. Exactly. Care about I else. think it's because I had a boss like this, and yeah. and it drives me crazy when they don't give a shit about the rest of the staff. The biggest problem I had with her is she never took her shoes off. <laughs> she's running through fields with friggin' stilettos on. Well, that's yeah. I mean, she like Chris Pratt. Yeah, makes point of it. You know what you're doing in those shoes. So I'm thinking, all right, at some point she's going to lose the shoes. But now the shoe, yeah, the shoes never are readdressed. Ah, oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's a, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they, 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 these two characters, they're obviously there for light relief. But then I can wear in the retro Jurassic Park T-shirt. Yeah, they got off eBay, eBay for six hundred dollars, whatever. I was yeah. like, that was all right. It's a little throwback. Yeah, he, he kept on throwing in these little lines here and there just to kind of uh, and then of course flirting with his it, but it, he was like against product placement wasn't he he kept on saying oh yeah the Pepsi Osaurus and stuff like that he had these little digs yeah, in yeah. but then the film was littered with well yeah because pe- people are, people are going to be I mean, product placement is now uh, commonplace it's yeah. now a thing that you've, you've, you've learned to hate but you've also learned to accept. You have to accept. You, you come it, yeah. to you come to hate it, but you've learned to accept it uh, because that's how they that's how they build their profit margins. That's how they get the distribution to be a lot bigger to, on a global scale. Mm. Um, knowing that uh, I, I've picked up on a few things where product placement sometimes drives me crazy, and I think there's no point to it. There's yeah. an example in the film Heat where you've got the biggest scene between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in that diner. They're sitting across from each other. They're together on the screen for the first time. Everybody knows that this scene is going to be peddled at any any junket. It's going to be peddled in interviews. It's going to be it's going to be put onto trailers. It's going to be everywhere worldwide. So let's have a bottle of tomato ketchup in the middle, just to, just to make sure that our investors know that we we are going to be able to definitely sell your product everywhere because yeah. there's no way that this scene is going to be is going to be skipped. But there's no reason for that ketchup to be there. It doesn't get used. It simply just cuts into the frame and it separates two iconic uh, actors from actually settling onto the screen together. And it it just, to me, it just stands out as a pointless addition. Okay, well, I've seen Heat numerous times. Never. You've never looked at that tomato ketchup? I've never looked at that tomato ketchup. It's Heinz tomato ketchup and it's right there. But they're in a cafe. And it's not completely out of the realms of possibility for there to be um, one bottle of tomato ketchup. But the thing is, in every every single shot, uh, and actually, yeah, it's quite phallic. <laughs> it's it's phallic. <laughs> it looks I mean, like it's De Niro's erection. And then there's the two shot that was printed on every single uh, magazine that was sent out. It's you know, 
there's no reason for it to be there. there it could why why not just have a, a generic salad shooter? Why did it have to be Heinz? That's my point. Okay, there's that, but then if you go to the point that like films are expensive, like say for instance Jurassic World, that end fight scene, the big showdown with the T Rex and yeah. stuff, and then you know. It costs millions of pounds, so if you think I can get a little bit more money by having someone drinking a Coke can, and that's fine. Now, yeah. now it's it's kind of like because it's a park. Drinking a can of Coke, you don't drink a Coke can. I'll just clarify. That. No, 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 that that would be dangerous. And, yeah, don't, uh, don't try that. Don't at try home. that at home, kids. But because it's a theme park, it's acceptable. The venue suits the brand. Yeah, you know, but you know, the tomato ketchup bottle to me was was just basically a bit blatant and pointless. It's it, it, anything you put into a scene has to be used, or it's, there's no point in it being there. The interaction with the with the prop is not there, but you know you're but, in a theme park, you've got to expect yeah, it. Yeah, but have you not seen the um, the extended cut of Heat where they have that like that fight with the, the tomato <laughs> the ketchup? ketchup bottles? Yeah. Actually, that's that'll be good. And that'll they had a little play with each other, and, and they ended up just whacking over over the head. Yeah, I think a schmuck. Hey. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, product placement—it is what it is. And uh, I, I kind of like the um, the, pe- the people who are working for the resorts for Jurassic World. You know, like oh, yeah, when, there's, when there's they're the, at the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. that big, huge sea thing. Yes. When they're putting the shark over, and she's like, "Yeah, let's see if he's hungry today." And it's like, "I've done this a million times. I just want to get to my dinner time." You know, they did make a point of that. And there's that kid who had to close a ride, and he was like saying, "Enjoy the ride." Yeah, it's completely right. Brilliant. Bored. That's that's great. Yeah, that 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 is tongue in cheek. That's kind of saying you know the, the, it's a theme park. That's just a, there's a little bit of satirical. Um, it's very satirical material in, yeah, in this where where it's piece. kind of like yeah we, you know even though this is the, the the biggest park this is the most impractical thing you could ever imagine to have ever be open. I mean security wise, uh, you just know this kind of thing would never ever be a reality. And then when you put that aside, you just end up having fun because everybody in this place is just a faceless person that you mm. just want to get picked up by a, by one of those winged things. Yeah, the winged things. Yeah, reptile with a dinosaur head. Yeah, that's what that's the, the that's what they're called. <laughs> reptile with dinosaur head. Asaurus. So, yeah, I, I think Asaurus. Yeah. Uh, okay, but right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Favorite death, most unexpected death. Because you expect the people, you you, when you're watching a film, you expect the bad guys to get the comeuppance. Don't and they you? do, they do. But Zara, she has the most brutal death, and I don't think she particularly deserved it. I know she she lost the kids because she was too busy on her phone trying to sort out a honeymoon. Was it something like she that? She was being she got thrown. Let's see if we can figure it out. She had the most. Um, she, yeah, she 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 could have died more times than. <laughs> I mean, that was quite brutal. She got picked up, yeah. And then she got dropped, and then another one swooped in, yeah. Picked her up. Surely bones would have been broken, yeah. Painful, and then they fling her into the water, don't they? They fling her into the water, but something, something comes out. So no, I think it's something swoops in and picks her off, and then all of a sudden something else comes in yeah. and pulls them both under. That's the most brutal death, and she's not really a bad person. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But that—that that is the first time in a Jurassic Park film that a girl has died. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but good. Was it a girl? Yeah, feminists. Yeah, you're all right, aren't you? When good things are happening, but when the Poor bad, Josh the, yeah, Whedon, yeah. You know what I mean? But 
<laughs> when you want equality, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's equality for you, you know. <laughs> but then, how many of those dinosaurs were female that actually ate her, that were trying to kill her? I think most of the dinosaurs are females, aren't they? How do you know they're all female? Or somebody yeah. go out in the park and pull up the dinosaur skirts? We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. We simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is, uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, well, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. I think that T-Rex is a female. It's the original dinosaur. It's still got all the scratch marks from the original Jurassic Park. The T-Rex. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Right. So that's the original one. So Because they sort of ignored Jurassic Park 2 and 3 and gone from Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, haven't they? Okay, that's an interesting thing because it, this is really a... It's not a reboot. It is a sequel. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. And there's nice little nods to it, isn't it? You see um, DNA Man at one point, uh, the original one. I remember seeing him. It was like just on passing on the screen, you see the little DNA Man come up. Do you remember from the original film when they go oh, on yeah, that yeah, little yes. tour and he, he gives the talk about oh, it, don't yeah. And then you see the, the night vision goggles at one point. Mm-hmm. That's how the original one. True, true. Yeah. That was like a nice little throwback. Um, another thing that they could have done without is Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Our movie. Yes. Jurassic World. Yes. Because, spoiler alert, I have a cameo in Jurassic World. <laughs> I can't... I can't believe I made the cut. Yeah. I totally thought I was going to get cut out because they asked me to do this tiny little thing, and then it, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it made it. It's essential. Did, <laughs> it's not essential, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, did you see it, though? Did you see it in front of a piece? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it, like, two weeks ago. Um, and just, did pe- people react? How was that? And yeah, and then I saw it again, yeah. and it, people, again, people are me. liking it. People are, how about my part? Oh, I mean... How are they really enjoying my part? They were crying. They were so moved. No, no, it was supposed to be funny. No, they were laughing hysterically. (laughs) They were dying. It is the most fun movie. You're fantastic in it. Thank you. So Uh, are you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, It's it's just the best idea. I I just love it. As soon as I... Because I I was a fan of Jurassic Park, obviously. But this thing is like every kid in the world is going to love this. I just think the idea is great. Uh, I think the actors, everyone cast is perfect. The director, I mean, you, you, it's just phenomenal. You're fantastic in it. Chris Pratt is Killer. great. That was like, what's he doing there? Well, the thing is, it's supposed to be a safety video. Yeah. Sure, use a bit of humor, but they did nothing. I mean, it was, there was a pointless, it was a pointless thing that they put in there um, just so that they could get... I mean, Jimmy Fallon is, you know, he's he's doing well. He's got The Tonight Show. Yeah. And um, they, But they do this in a lot of films where they, they have to get somebody so that they can plug it on their show. Yeah. And, and realize that, they, you know, as soon as you're in this film, Jimmy Fallon's going to be talking about it every night. My part... Unbelievable. Um, the game changer. A game, game changer. Like, we knew when you were cast, we were like, this is a real movie. <laughs> For about a month. You yeah. know, it's going to be like, all this, all this stuff that I had to do when I made this film. And they love it. Thank you, Jurassic World, for being a tropical resort overrun by dinosaurs. 
or as most people call that, Florida. <laughs> That's why I prefer Kimmel, because Kimmel will just do a little skit on his show about it, and he's friends with everybody. Yeah, so just on, move on. Yeah, yeah, so on Kimmel, he'll just do a little parody of it on his show, and it'll be funny. Gilmore will probably do something. They did a great yeah. one with the Bond, uh, the Bond Supremacy, the last one. I can't remember now, but um, mm-hmm. he just has Gilmore pretending to be Bond, and then he's, he's doing like a skit of it, and next thing you know, he walks on set and he bumps into Matt Damon, who's doing the same scene. Uh, and it's brilliant. I was like, what? Kimmel's bumping me from my own film now? It's brilliant. It's really, if you've not seen it, check it out. It's hilarious. I thought it would be a really good movie, but I was blown away how great a movie it was. Like with the original Jurassic Park, Stan Winston did it, and it was the perfect mix of CGI and animatronics. But with this, there's hardly any animatronics. You know the part where um, they've got the velociraptors and they've got the head stuck in those, like, machines yes. and they're like stroking them Yeah, that could have been animatronics and when you're watching that you're thinking this doesn't look real that doesn't look real if they would have used animatronics which I can't imagine would be much more Rick, expensive Rick, ba- Rick than... Baker would have done it yeah. you know really well and it would have been inexpensive because he's a genius yeah and all it'd have to be was a head it don't yeah. have to be the rest of the body because that's all you saw so I think relying, yeah. the reliance the too heavily on CGI sort of at some points in this pulled me out of the film because I was thinking that doesn't look real it's not to take anything away from what great CGI work was done and how groundbreaking and how game-changing that was. But no one really saw any of this coming, you know. There was just a few of us that really knew it was really time to do it. But we were mavericks at that time. We, we, we really thought that um, always question established system, you know, and had we not done it then, it probably would have happened in five, six years. Yeah, I mean, the, din- the dinosaurs looked very real to a certain extent. You know, you, you, you've got to look at the original film and say that that was a landmark film and that was that made waves because it was at, right at the moment where CGI looked indistinguishable. This was, It was an era when, I mean, 1994 was the era where CGI just suddenly became amazingly brand well, new. Well, that's the thing. It's, it shows you how much Industrial Light and Magic pushed the envelope with that film because there's yeah. not a huge difference like what 15 years on yeah i don't i think you can watch that and still say well i don't see i, I don't see anything that says uh, cgi in that movie um this one it does because yeah. because it's like uh it's, it's like a blank screen and everybody just said oh don't worry we'll just fill in the blanks later it's the way that people think now when they're making films Mm. And not thinking intent, cause and intent. Do we need to have to have something in the moment here? No, no, no. Let's not have anything physically in this shot. That'll be that'll cost us too much yeah. and waste too much time. I think it was better because the motion captured the Velociraptors, so that was yeah. better. So you can actually tell when like Chris Pratt is with them, he's acting with something. With something, yeah, yeah. You know, you can see that. Yeah. Um, and even if it is a guy with little dots on his on his body, you know, yeah. you know what what the hell is it worked. And they definitely went more sort of avian with the velociraptors, more bird like as opposed to reptile like in this. Okay, you know yeah. What I mean? Yes. Which I thought yeah. was better. A little bit more flighty, a bit more yeah. light on their feet. Yeah. Yeah, see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like dogs. They, they're, they're I should like watch more idea. films asleep because I seem to ingest it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you. Yeah, that's what it is. I was wide awake. I was wide awake. A little bit cold. Yeah, some cinemas they seem to think that it's it's good. You know, you need to go and buy more well, food. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, that's <laughs> it. If we make them cold, we'll go for a walk and buy more food. Yeah, get this get warm popcorn. Six. 
fucking hundred quid for <laughs> the size of a village. Anyway, yeah, but um, yeah, so really, uh, it's it's there's no reason. Uh, if, if you look at Jurassic World, there actually is no reason for the film to exist other than to just be making money now. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing. They're not advancing anything. They're not bringing anything new. Um, no, that's kind of the point as um, well, though that we're we're bored of that. It's in the film, isn't it? That everyone's bored of this big spectacle thing. There's they nothing, want it nothing surprising yeah. us anymore. No, but they uh, are. They will be more surprised if people were dying. Mm. They'd be. They'd enjoy it more, and I think that's probably why it, it eventually it will go into a kind of a gladiator thing where they're using dinosaurs to rip people apart in some sort of game of death. Or maybe, yeah, it's like, I've got this T-Rex, you've got this T-Rex, let them find see which one wins, and then you'll get some environmental people say, no, no, you can't be doing this to animals, and then they'll try and release them, and then they'll go and eat a city. Which is kind of what they did with The Lost World. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, right, if I was going the pecking order, Jurassic Park, the first one, will never be beaten. No. It's a landmark, and it stands up to this day, and it's great. Yeah, I think Jurassic World is the second best Jurassic Park film. It is because the other two sequels were just merely cash-ins that didn't have yeah, anything. I kind of like Jurassic World three, Jurassic Park three. Sorry, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I don't know why people hate it so much. Mm. I think it's better than Lost World. Probably is, yeah. Because Lost World, even though it's okay and it's got all these Spielbergian moments and these little humor things that he puts in that you know not many directors can do. It still has that awful part where his daughter does that gymnastic thing and kicks a velociraptor out of the thing. Was that number three? That was number two. That was number two. You see, that was ridiculous. What? That yeah. is the most ridiculous thing I've yeah. ever seen. That is one of those things where... I really walked out the cinema and saw that for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just, you know, she, she mentions that she's a gymnast. She just, got kicked out of the gym. She oh, got kicked out. Yeah, you, and then it has that awful, oh, Jeff, go, after she, she kicks the velociraptor and lands and then he Perfectly. grabs her by the hand. You got kicked out of the gymnastic club? Oh, it, why would you? Why would you write it? Why would you like that into your film? It's, it's sad, it's, Steven. It's evil. Is that, <laughs> is that George Lucas coming on set saying, "You know what would be good, Steven? Still a gymnastic. Yeah, see, these poles, see, see these poles. These poles are great. Look at that. I mean, you can do, you totally do something with that. Okay, let's see what we can do. She got kicked out of the gymnastics club. Yeah, just like my sister, because it has to be referencing my own life too. <laughs> Because Lost World has some amazing moments. You know when um, mm. they've kicked that sort of caravan over the edge and she lands on that glass and the glass just starts to crack. crack. Yeah. Oh, that's so Spielberg. But that's is brilliant. Also, that is also what's missing from this film, I think, is the suspense. Oh, there is no suspense, no. There is no suspense. I mean, when when they have the balls going, the balls, <laughs> the, ki- the two kids in the ball. Yeah. Um, who would not? Who, really, that annoying? No, they weren't. All kids out of, of yeah. Jurassic Park films are annoying. The old, the older kid kind of like a, a young James, Jimmy Fra- James Franco, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, the younger kid is out of Iron Man 3, ah. and he's really he's really cool in that, so I kind of warmed to him already, so I didn't mind him. Right, yeah, and, and there's a thing about their divorce, their parents are divorcing, but that's that really, that's that's not really necessary. I mean, the only reason why they had that was so that they could create this this indifference between the two for them yeah. to then come together you're my brother I'm never going to let you go and then their aunt who doesn't really know their ages and all that kind of stuff yeah, and she's, she's all touch. bothered about career and all of a sudden she has to come together but she's also worried I mean, never, the only thing I was worried about at the end was when the parents came in because she said her, she says your parents are going to kill me and they're, and, and they're going to take me take you away and I'm never going to see you ever again she, she drops that line in the movie somewhere yeah. and then when they come in you're kind of thinking ooh 
oh, is this is that payoff? And she just gives her a hug and says, I'm so glad you're alive, all that crap. And it's like, and then at the end, they just walk out. It's kind of like the end of Raiders when they walk out of the uh, the big storage bay. Yeah. You've got all these injured people, hundreds of thousands of people just lying there, dying and dead and, and getting injured, getting picked up by people. Oh, after, you mean after God had done his thing? Yeah, and they just walk out uh, of the thing. And that's it. Into the light. Of course, they're walking out into the light, but you can't help but wonder. But, you know, you've still got a park full of crazy animals and there's probably still about half a dozen people locked in toilet stalls, um, still trying to survive. Because well, not everybody gets out. Wasn't there a helicopter pilot? That just sort of like Tim Curry. Kind he had, of he had a bit of um, a story, and then they never revisited him. Yeah, I love the feeling that he goes back to the park, and he's like, "Where the fuck is everyone?" What's that happened? was that was a really good setup. He was a he basically just got his pilot's license almost. He that just got him. it almost. Him. And they, he's the guy who it? runs it, doesn't he? He owns it. <laughs> is he? He's the guy who owns oh, it. The guy who okay. just got his. But the, he was the per, his co-pilot. Oh, he was. I'm pretty yeah. sure he just sort of walked off of something and they then just you just never see him knew. again yeah so yeah. where is he is he just having a brew with some girls somewhere anyway I'd better go pick up the boss and goes back and everyone's gone and everyone's yeah. dead yeah. well maybe that's the sequel maybe he does come back and then it's just him and his helicopter yeah that's it it's like him around. and Budgie yeah okay it's just flying because at the end that you've got that uh, big roar of the dinosaur because he stands on the helicopter pad mm. And he just gets out this big, huge roar. Yeah. You can just see the whole park in disarray. And, you, and that's it. You're thinking, well, yeah, they've got a big park in disarray. Good for them. Because they, they definitely set up a new another film if it, yeah. if it gets chosen to be done. Because they will. InGen, is it InGen or whatever, the company who's been doing that, I think they've uh, they've been taking embryos. And I'm pretty sure that Doctor, is it Doctor One? Doctor One? Yeah. He, he, was, I, he was in the original film. He was. I reckon he's been making more hybrids. I reckon there'd be like a vault full of hybrids somewhere. Yeah, basement. It's yeah. not this basement. It's so the next gonna, film yeah. will be like The Rock or whoever has to go Vin in. Diesel. And, yeah, has to go in and kill all the... Yeah, yeah. There, there might even be a big team of Expendables or something. You know, yeah. Some, I, I, I'd like to see Arnold Schwarzenegger being the one who has to go in there. Uh, yeah. with, 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 you know, that bring in some... some big names and make it a, make it a fun action movie where they've got you know they, they, they have airplanes and, and, and helicopters and uh, underwater submarines und- <laughs> submarines yeah flying submarines <laughs> just just yeah I, I, but don't don't Michael Bay it but just shoo it in a little bit to get to make it uh, make it fun yeah. and uh, make it a huge action or oh, oh, bring predators and aliens into it yeah everything Let's just really go to town come on it's like if Michael Bay had made this film there would have been a dinosaur human I haven't even, I haven't even there would have been a dinosaur that. human hybrid where like like booty. a dinosaur <laughs> dinosaur sex with like really attractive girl Megan Fox and she gives birth to her this little that was hybrid that's his idea of a hybrid splice the Tyrannosaurus Rex with. But there'll be no splicing. It'll be a sex scene because it, it's Michael Bay. <laughs> It'll be a sex scene, but there'll be some stegosauruses flying. Like, yeah, are they the ones that fly. It's, I um, don't know my dinosaurs. Pterodactyls. Pterodactyls will be just flying overhead because they always have to have an airplane flying overhead. Yeah, they? yeah, that'll be it. Or like, you'll, there'll be like a velociraptor on top of Megan Fox, who's completely naked, just b- below that big Miami sign. <laughs> He's seeing all these films. 
Oh boy! So there we go. There's Jurassic World. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun movie to go into, but yeah, it's uh, just pure fun it's popcorn. More, it's fun it's, to spectate. It's, it's, it's a summer blockbuster. It's, it's a spectator sport movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, loads of plot holes, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does. Okay, it matters. Okay, so let's go to the past. You know, um, well, what's the the original the, uh, Bing Park Gone Wrong film? I can tell you now that. Um, that uh, there is a film <laughs> oh okay directed by Michael Crichton called Westworld yes there is we have you on grid 5 we will soon be landing at the ultimate resort where you can live out your every fantasy each resort is maintained by reliable computer technology and people by lifelike robot men and women. Desire ends in satisfaction and all in a controlled environment. Now, this film, man in it. Yeah. He actually shaved it off with a razor every three days. Did he? Yeah, he was that committed to being bald. Oh. He didn't. He wasn't actually. I mean, he he could have had hair, but he just preferred it. And uh, but not many men of the, at that era shaved their head. Um, but because he did, he he, he looked the part. I mean, he was yeah, incredible. Sloppy with your drink. Give this boy a bib. He needs his mama. Kill him. You talk too much. You say something, boy. I said you talk too much. I had to make me shut up. Your move. Um... Okay, so that's me uh, gushing over your Brenner. But Let's Westworld talk about, is a fantastic film. Let's talk about Westworld. I mean, it's... First of all, what's it about? It's about theme park gone wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> well, this is the first... That's it, what it was, wasn't it? It said Westworld, subheading, theme park gone wrong. Yeah, long before Jurassic Park. Yeah. And, the, and of course, Michael Crichton being the one who wrote dude Jurassic who, who wrote Jurassic Park. And Congo, well done. Congo's great. Yeah. Eat more sesame cake. <laughs> Don't eat my cake. Eat the cake. That's my favourite scene, by the way. I like that film, you know. I, I you know, there's nothing wrong with Ernie yeah. Hudson, um, Tim Curry, well there, but like Laura that. Linney. Good cast. Laura Linney, she's good. She, she's, like she's, she's, she kind of reminds me a lot of. Never heard of her. Ah, she's. Is that she actor? She was in. She was in Hannibal. Julia, Julia Moore. Moore. Julia yeah, Moore. they kind of look like sisters to me. Yeah, I go with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah Westworld. Congo. Yeah, uh, I think Westworld. Come on. Congo. Let's just talk about every single Michael Crichton movie. No, no. Um, I mean, Michael Crichton has he, he's um, he's written more films than he's directed. Yeah. Um, the films that he he actually directed were, one was Westworld, Coma. Have you seen Coma? No, I've not seen Coma. He, he's fascinated with. With things going wrong, with he's fascinated with conspiracies. He's fascinated with nature right. and human humans positioning in, in, with nature. And I think Westworld was the first one that really looked at that. Um, it's it's you've got a theme park full of robots, 
Um, you've got three different um, different places to go in this theme park. So West World, Roman Medieval World, World, Roman World, and Medieval yeah, World. Yeah. Yes, which I think Roman World and Medieval World. There's not a lot of difference between the two. I would have I would have had some something a little bit more dynamic. Well, I would have had like Roman World, like just a room full of people having sex. And then a room, a room full of people eating so much, making themselves throw up so they can carry on eating. I would have really gone to town on Roman World. Yeah, exactly. But Dead, medi- rape, medi- pillage. Yeah, medieval world would be like that. I would though. have been burning witches. I would actually world. have medieval world at war with Roman world and have like a battle in between the just two. Just arguing about gods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just arguing, and then have Westworld kind of just coming in and just riding horses and yeah, and just yeah. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting inter- interesting idea. It absolutely is. Um, but the idea was was that that they liked the idea of a western film, um, mix uh, blended in with with now the mm. time with contemporary now. I mean, how would you do that theme park? Uh, how would that be plausible? Have robots going wrong and then have your Brenner walking around shooting people? It's yeah. fantastic. But it was very low key, very low key. There wasn't a lot of people in this movie. Um, for a resort it's not swarming with people and it seems as though that eventually you have this one major character in I think I, have a, I think in Roman world or medieval world one of the two see I couldn't even tell the difference um, who eventually gets killed off by uh, by, by a knight yeah. um, and he's kind of like the main character from that storyline he just gets killed off he's just an example uh, whereas in Westworld you've got these two guys Seem to be the. I mean, this is probably my only criticism of the film is that there there are there are no other resort people involved in this. It's just I don't know if they actually evacuated the place. Or, right. Um, does, um, why does he have a loaded gun? Why does who have a loaded gun? You, Brennan. Hold it. Oh, come on, not now, not you again. It's too early. Your move. I'm shot. What? I'm shot. Draw. If he's a robot, why would he? Why would he come actually be? Yeah, it's it's an interesting loaded. thing. I mean, it's a great movie. It you is, you yeah. watch it and you kind of just ignore the fact that he had. There, there's only there seems to be only three people in the resort now that yeah. really matter that we're focused on. Their stories are just you know, and and there's live ammunition. I mean, what was it? You know, there, there's no reason for this, but it happens <laughs> yeah I would not be that confident to think you know what our robots are so good nothing's ever going to go wrong give them a real gun give them a real gun this will be fine this will be fun No, what's, what's the worst that can happen and someone will lose the legs oh too soon Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what a what a, what a threat I mean speaking of you know disasters and, and things going wrong uh, I, I hate roller coasters and I hate amusement parks because of that reason I love them I, I don't see any reason for these these things to exist uh, only for, for it's the for dice something, with death though for isn't something it? to just... go wrong eventually well I I've, I have my feet whipped 
by branches on the Nemesis. That what, yeah, the, yeah. the only time I've ever been on a roller coaster where I got whipped and my neck was literally so sore that uh, it was neck brace work. See, that's for the a difference month. between me and you because you'll go, my legs got whipped by a blooming tree when I was on that thing, and I would be like, my legs got whipped by a tree. We were so close to the trees. It was awesome. Yes. But, okay. I'm the dickhead who did the biggest bungee jump. So if we were in Westworld, if we were in Westworld, yeah, how would you react to Yul Brenner standing there in the middle of the of of the street? He shoots somebody else, not us. We're 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 basically just bystanders, right? He oh. shoots them dead. We know he's actually dead, and then he looks at us and says, "Draw." Draw. What do you do? Run as fast as I can. Yes. But what's funny about this is that he he runs, he gets on a horse, and Yul Brenner just slowly walks in between two buildings, and then he comes out on this golden horse. It's it's so it's so bad that it's good. See, this is, it's like the Friday the Thirteenth thing, yeah. Where you see Jason, he just hacks one to death, and then some woman uh, and starts running. Yeah. So she's legging it through this forest, and he's just walking slowly, slowly, and all of a sudden he's in front of her and chops her head off. It's like it's yeah, not the point. Le- it is not the point, and I think that's the. I mean, the, the Simpsons kind of parodied this, yeah, yeah. Uh, once where they had uh, Skinner walking through the water. Yeah, like, it doesn't that was seem to come that. out, and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. he just continues, and it's it's fantastic. Um, but it's very odd because you just it is like a, a solo zombie apocalypse movie. Yeah, but um, yeah. The only thing you need to do is just outrun him. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Just make sure that their horses are available to him. That are you know in between. And he's just in between two small narrow buildings, and he just finds a horse down there. I don't, I don't know how he just finds a horse down there. It's just, but, it's not, but I love the movie. I, I watch it probably once a year at least because yeah. it's just fun to watch. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just the idea of you know going to a place like this. I can imagine these places existing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then they did a sequel, didn't they? They did do a sequel called Future World. Did Crichton? No. He didn't do that. No, Future World, um, I'm pretty sure. In 1972, Delos was open to the public. It consisted of three fantastic vacation resorts. Roman World, Medieval World, and West World. It was a computerized paradise where nothing could go wrong. But something did. Now, in 1976, Delos is about to reopen. We have invested more than $1.5 billion to rebuild our equipment. Its problems have been corrected. We have replaced every circuit. Its technology has been perfected. The new Delos is not only the most fantastic resort in human history, it is also failsafe. And an incredible new world has been created. American International presents Future World, starring Peter Fonda, Blythe Danner, Arthur Hill, and Yul Brynner as the gunslinger. Program the blast-off sequence. Five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. one. We have ignition. Future World is basically the same concept. They... Delos is is the company that uh, that had the failed Westworld, and it was a tragedy. So they opened up a new one um, with certain failsafes that made sure that uh, robots didn't malfunction again. They created a new zone in addition to 
um, Roman world, medieval world, Westworld's still shut down. They still have it there. Yeah. And it still exists. I don't know why they didn't just end up just scrapping it, but it's still there. It's available. Well, simply because they were probably shooting it on the Paramount lot and they just went to the Western setup that yeah. they, they, they have permanently there. So they thought, well, it's a cheap set. Let's just still use it. Um, so, and then there's Future World, which, which they're able to have a simulation of actually being in a, in a, in a rocket ship and then orbiting a planet. Um, they can go, <laughs> get this, they can go skiing on Mars. Okay. But it's... What's the atmosphere like on Mars? Well, apparently it's snowy, <laughs> but red snow. Red snow. Because everybody knows that Mars is red. Yeah. Of course. It's pretty cold there. It would be pretty cold, but there's, there, there's no, but there's, there's, there's no, skiing on Mars. Okay. Future World is just one of those ridiculous movies that, uh, you know... It's so full of holes. Um, it's got Henry Fonda in it, and uh, it was only made like five years after. And they used every gimmick, such as the surprise when when somebody's face falls off and it's got re- robotic um, yeah parts. Part. It's, yeah. it's a shock. There's like a sting music. Oh my gosh, he's a robot kind of moments. Um, so it's got Peter Fonda in it and, and Blythe Danner um, they're both journalists they're invited to come and uh, make a review of the of the, uh, of the park um, and they want to have favourable reviews so they give them access much like out of Jurassic Park the first one yeah they want, they want before somebody they to before they open the park they send in, yeah. send in people to review it and give it the so this is the idea, and um, unfortunately, these two are a little bit more nosier than they should be, and they they start to poke their nose into areas where they shouldn't. So they they the people who are running the park decide that they're going to have to include them in their big plan. Their big plan, by the way, is this: um, the the people in the control room who are are overseeing all of the um, the park. Um, the multiple parks they're all robots right the park is actually being run by robots so in a way that nothing can go wrong <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a fashion um, so the idea is is that they've got these secret laboratories where they're taking personalities and uh, the genetics and the DNA and they're forming new robots clones, clones right. of people now, so what the... happens to the people after they've been cloned well, the, goodbye. one thing that the clone has to do is to kill off the original. That's right. the only thing that they have to do before they end up just taking over their life. And that's the idea. But the, 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 the people that they're supposed to be taking over are very important people, decision makers of the world, because Delos is a company that uh, is, is sick and tired of man uh, messing around. Right. With with the world and is destroying the world, so they invite world leaders. Um, they profile them and they bring them in, and then they drug them and copy their entire yeah. physical appearance, their mental appearance, their memories. Apparently, they're able to do all this now. It's more of a fantasy than than the first film. The first film was just pure robotics gone wrong. This one is 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 kind of a fantasy where they're able to access memory and uh, download people's brains into it and put them into clones right so they've already got two world leaders kind of two generals a japanese general and this this other russian guy um they're, they're all very high powered people and they're they're this is the start of things to come 
So, um, so yeah, they have to include the the two main characters because they're the two main characters. They decide to clone them as well, right? And then have them to uh, go off make a favorable review in their newspapers, having just killed their originals. All our probability studies indicate that if left alone, you will destroy much of this planet before the end of the decade. Now, we at Dallas are determined to see that doesn't happen. So you're replacing human leaders with your own duplicates, huh? Yes. With duplicates who are programmed to think first of the welfare of Dallas and to accept our instruction. Why bother with Tracy or me? Because we need favorable publicity to attract the top rank of human leadership. The stories your duplicates create will guarantee that every chief of state will soon be among our guests. You can't possibly succeed. We can and we will. Look, don't imagine that these duplicates we've created are mere robots. They are not machines. They are living beings produced by the genetic information in your own cells. There are no mechanical parts. Even those of us who create them can't tell the original from the duplicate. First hour is, is kind of like seeing little bits of Mars snowing. Yeah. I mean, uh, red, red filter. Stupid. Um, they don't do anything with that. They don't revisit it. They just let it go. They just go like, you know, a future world is... There's nothing in this other than just they go into a shuttle they pretend that they're in orbit they do all this they, they literally just play around with the idea but they don't ever go to this resort it's literally they just, they're in there but they're not There's, the rest of the movie they're in kind of like um, the, the underbelly of the resort which is just the control uh, control rooms um, engine rooms corridors corridors yeah. not like the first film the first film was actually well lit and designed and yeah. had uh, had laboratories but here they've got this wicked set red set which is kind of like like a big sound studio with soundproof spikes coming out of it and it's kind of like a huge elaborate pyramid where they're uh, they're taking the memories of people and, and feeding the clones with the new memories with the memories of the originals and it's very over elaborate and there's no reason for it to look right. like that and that's probably the only good set piece in it the rest is just boiler room running around stairs uh, steps running around, running around, running around. Um, so it's, it's not very to, good. It's flawed to pieces, man. Yul Brenner makes a cameo appearance in a fantasy that the, that, that um, our female protagonist Tracy Ballard, the one of the uh, journalists, she's given this dream where she um, she's rescued by Yul Brenner, who just comes in, shoots six people, takes her off her her. Um, this kind of elaborate um, restraint in the middle of a room, and then they kind of go off in this fantasy and start dancing around. And, uh, it's it's oh, really? it's horrible. Yeah, right. it's horrible, and it's and it's pointless, and it's just to have his name in the billing. So Westworld, great. Westworld is great. Future world, not so great. Future world is is just lackluster, and it's just full of pipes. Jurassic Park, great. Yes, lackluster, but Jurassic no pipes. World. No pipes. Well, yeah. Good. I like the idea of future dystopian um, resorts going wrong. I mean, it's 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 a nice idea. Yeah. There's only so many ways you can go with that. Hmm. Maybe we should do like a, like an ant farm that goes wrong. Ant farm. That goes yeah. Wrong. Like a kid's got an ant farm, and the ants turn on the um. It goes the kid. <laughs> in a house. Yeah. Like a Home Alone movie, but uh, with, with ants. With the little little tiny ants. Yeah. It, it wouldn't work at all. Crawling over hey, the we've floor. got Ant-Man coming out soon. That's going to be good. Ant-Man, okay. Have you seen the trailer to Ant-Man? I have not, no. No. What was Ant-Man? Ant-Man is another Marvel film. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Ant-Man. <laughs> who is Ant-Man? You don't know who Ant-Man is? What is... No, 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 no. This is silly. This is like Spider-Man. It just looks really good because he, he, he puts on this costume that was designed by someone else and he can go to the size of an ant. Like, Minuscule has got, like, superpowers. It's a superhero film, you know what I mean? He just has this really good fight where he just looks it's this huge fight on, um, uh, and, like, a train track and this big train's coming around and you just see that it's Thomas the Tank Engine. And then it just zooms out, and they're just having this huge fight, but it's just on a train set, and this little tonic thing just falls off. But it just looks massive, and it's a really good idea. Okay. It's really funny. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay, again, with with all the Age of Ultron and everything, I'm going to have to be sold before I go and watch that, I think. Was I wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy? You weren't wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy. Was I wrong with Age of Ultron? No, you weren't wrong with that. There we go. I think I've earned your trust. But then I've not seen that many yet, either, so it might be crap. But you never know. Who knows? Who knows? But there's there's a lot of. Um, um, do, you, do you feel as though cinema is shifting to a little bit more? I mean, I mean, superhero films have kind of like a satirical edge now. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're not kind of taking they're, they're, it as seriously. Well, I don't know. The Captain America, the latest Captain America film, talked about like um, it was very about governmental lies and you know secret societies and that kind of thing it was basically about that so it was quite a dark film really well done mm-hmm. and you then you've got Civil War coming along with, yeah. with all the um, I don't know it seems now that yeah. people won't touch a film unless they can turn it into a franchise Yeah, true. it's hard to make a standalone film now and then that be it people were, you know you say oh I've got this film unless it's independent it has to be the yeah, independent well film. yeah independent but it's like, I've got this film I want Tom Cruise for it yeah but can we make it into a franchise well, no, it's just standalone film. Not interesting. I want a series of films. Yeah, and we want to be able to bring in up-and-coming directors and uh, yeah. trial-by-fire kind of conditions. But I do like that. I like using an indie director. Because you'd like to see if they're if they're going to pop, basically. If they're going to be able to mm. um, uh, be the next. And I think that's probably what they're trying to do. They're trying to find the director who is going to be the next Spielberg the next Scorsese, people who are actually going to jump up and say, I want to see this guy make a movie now. I want to go and see this guy. We really don't see that anymore, do we? No, I mean, that, that, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, a lot of, I mean, talking about Christopher Lee passing and uh, kind of heroes of old. The thing is, years ago, heroes in film, directors, actors, I mean, Robert De Niro, I mean, all these people who are still around now, they don't have the, power and the awe that they used to they don't but I don't think you can keep that level up and yeah. still be alive you know what I mean I don't think De Niro could have kept that level of Jesus seems to be doing pretty well yeah, well, <laughs> he's, he's <a> <laughs> yeah. but what, I, what I'm thinking of is that nowadays nobody kind of gets a chance to pop because yeah. um, because we're so much on top of the whole media layer um, it's almost like, imagine it a sea, if you will. Before they were on, people were on pedestals; they were out of reach. They were doing their thing, and it was like nobody can touch me. I'm going to make this movie, make this movie, and you're going to think I'm awesome. And that's it. Everybody was kind of looking at them and saying, "Wow, um, I'm just a little person looking at this amazing person, and I'm in awe. I'm going to be following this guy till the until the end of his career. Love him, Spielberg, and nothing can touch him." And then, of course, because of social media, because of our ability to get involved, 
That's it, because you can literally level, follow them on Twitter now. The water level has risen with with the amount of people who are, who can suddenly jump on top of the... Uh, they can jump on the bandwagon. Mm. They can spitball. They can talk about things. They can... But they can be... Uh, all the, the, the little people, let's say all the ants, who are, who are overlooking this giant praying mantis... Uh, they're all able to, to crawl over them, literally. And uh, as soon as somebody who's got a great voice, who can sing, as soon as somebody can direct, there's always somebody else who's who's who basically starts parodying or starts talking about. And it's just too much of this. There's too much of a conversation that nobody is able to kind of say hello. There's just, just too much noise going on that nobody's actually able to say hello remember me I'm this I'm this hero that you were making me up to be and I'm kind of like just drowning in this sea of noise and and move with the times man but there's no there, nobody's able to just focus on one idol and say wow I mean there's nobody going to be like Leonard Nimoy ever again there isn't anybody to be like Christopher Lee again because Nobody is able to rise out of this I, sea of noise. I suppose so. There's yeah. a certain standout like Michael Fassbender who can do like an X Men film, but also do films like Shame yeah. and stuff, which is really heavy. Which is great because you're do, able, be, you know. Yeah. The, um, but because you're swamped with so much information coming at you, watch this, see this, look at this. Oh, look at that, look at that. The whole world is so distracted that they're not able to um, to fully focus in. And enjoy and appreciate yeah. a career like oh, Fassbender. They're not able to look at him and say, "Wow, this this guy is amazing." There's no worship anymore. I suppose not. I suppose the only was yeah. probably Daniel Day Lewis. Maybe I suppose he's got a bit of a because he's still a real method. I was reading yes. an interview, not reading, listening to an interview with Richard E. Grant, and he did a film with Daniel Day Lewis, and um, they were in the makeup chair. And they were stuck there for four hours. A generator had gone down, and uh-huh. they got on like a house on fire. They got so many, so many friends in common, and so much in common. So Richard E. Grant was like going away, saying, "This is going to be my new best mate." It was amazing. He had uh-huh. this day with Daniel Day Lewis. The next day, he walks in. Hi right, guys, I got you. Right, Daniel, how you doing? Blanked him. He's like, I just sat down. He said, "You all right, Daniel?" Blanked him. Wouldn't, wouldn't even look at him. So later on that day, he went up to one of the actresses and said, "Have I done something?" to upset Daniel like he's like oh well you're shooting now and his character hates your character so he'll never speak to you ever again and the only ever time he ever spoke to him was when they wrapped the party and everyone was saying well done well done this well done that he put his arm around him and one of the acts and said well done it was really it was really nice working with you yeah. and then never spoke to him ever again he said that's it so he's, he's able... constantly in character yeah. so well the nine months of making that film he's that person so this is, you don't it, get many people doing that. Anyway. No, exactly, because they're too, they're too eager to want to be a part of the uh, of the of the 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 voice and the noise. Mm. If you can't beat it, join it. I, I find it very hard to get on with with the idea that everybody else is kind of trying to be fastbender, trying to be icons, trying to be legendary in their own minds. And yet, every, all these people who are worthy of being iconic are kind of just yeah, getting get lost, lost in the sea of. I mean, there are probably actors that were really amazing that you were probably talking about in the same way as Fassbender, directors that you were talking about the same as Joss Whedon, fifteen years ago that you're probably not even talking about now. Mm, maybe because they've just been forgotten. Can't remember. Yeah, because you've forgotten about them. Exactly. I mean, where is Craig McCoughlin? On the beach, <laughs> beach somewhere. 
playing a guitar. But that, that's my point. I kind of feel as though that, yeah, in, in, they're, they're current in our minds, but it's they're not going to be there for long. Yeah. They're not going to be iconic. We live in a world where a person filming bad weather outside of his window can make a living out of filming yeah. bad weather outside of his window. Yes. And get 50 million views on YouTube and make few hundred thousand pounds and think that he is Daniel Day-Lewis and now he's done that it's affirmed his position as king of man who films weather outside of the window <laughs> it's great isn't it I saw he just goes around filming weather with his stupid girlfriend and yeah. people lap it up yeah Rub- necking whenever he, whenever he sees an accident and saying oh my god look at me I'm in front of this car accident this road accident somebody may have died isn't it cool but that's what thing he was all about the nightcrawler nightcrawler yeah, but he wasn't kind of filming himself saying, I'm cool with this. No, but he was doing it to make money. He was doing it to make money. Well, he's doing it to make money. But he did it. The only reason to do it is to affirm his own ego and to make but money. But Nightcrawler was more of a sick uh, uh, kind it was of a, a, sociopath, yeah. a sociopathic thing, and he was kind of getting, getting off on the idea of it. Um, but they, get on, they just get off on the idea of, of being, being their own icons. And I think that Why is Nightcrawler fat? <laughs> What's this? Why is he just eats bad food all the time and he's up all night? That's the yeah, worst time to eat. Yeah, I I eat bad food all the time and I eat at really bad times of the day and I'm still seeing it. Exactly right. So if Jurassic Park happens, they go for me. They eat meat before meat and me. They leave you alone. Did you did you, you to pick? I'm, I'm a toothpick. I am a toothpick, man. That's all I am. In Jurassic World, I would be a toothpick. But that's let's fine. end it there. There you go. So, Jurassic World. There you go. Westworld. There you go. It, it, it was. It, that was pretty much the. Uh, yeah, the first one. The first one before Jurassic Park and uh, Future World. Just don't bother. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a. Uh, I, I was actually excited when I saw that there was a sequel, and I thought, wow, yeah. this 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 is gonna be fun. But they don't do. I mean, there are things that I would love to do with a Westworld type of movie. Mm. Love to do, but they just don't bother. Yeah. Can I just say that there, sh- there should be a TV series that you should watch on HBO coming out soon. Okay. It's called Westworld. They've done a TV series? Yes. Okay. Much like we were talking about Amityville, it just so happens that talking about Westworld is so timely right now because HBO are doing a series. Um, they're focusing in on Westworld. They're looking at it more in the, in the idea of artificial intelligence and they become aware of themselves. The gunslinger will be played by Ed Harris. Am I okay with this? I think I'm okay with that. I'm actually really excited yeah. about this because it's it's yeah. I think that, that you can't really go wrong. I mean, it's it's the format. Westworld, gunslingers. It really is. The, the it, time to shine is on TV now. It's TV. It's TV all the way, man. If you want your big blockbuster superhero stuff, go into a cinema and watch it. But if you want some good quality, good quality writing, yeah, that right, with, drama, with an enduring yeah. man, Game of Thrones. We're at the end of season five. It took us two and a half weeks to do five seasons of it. It gets really good, man. It is really good. It seems as though right now we're getting more and more excited season four, about. Sorry, we're, about to start season we're more excited and less jaded and less picky at TV series. I'm excited. There's a new Agent Carter. Coming, that's been done that's coming out that was like um, it's a Marvel thing Agent Carter was in the original Captain America film it's all about how they started S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff but she's brilliant and they're really well written 
Daredevil was fucking brilliant, mate. It was really good. Really dark. TV man. It's where it's at. Yeah. That's where I think that's where the icons are. I think mm. it's where we should be looking. Perhaps we ought to go from frame by frame to tube by tube. Tube by tube. Let's shut this down. Okay. Bye then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See ya.